Greetings, gente puente. In today's program, my husband, Deacon Chris Gutierrez, shares how the Posadas tradition is celebrated in Mexico and the U.S. and how it can help us prepare spiritually for Christmas. Si prefieres español, puedes leer un resumen del episodio en las notas del programa en paticc.com diagonal s11. Hoy, mi esposo, el diácono Cristóbal Gutiérrez, comparte sobre la tradición de las posadas y cómo nos ayudan a prepararnos para la Navidad. I'm Patty Gutiérrez from Patty's Catholic Corner. Our team strives to serve ministries like yours from behind the scenes. We provide best practices and encouragement with this podcast and our Facebook group, as well as Spanish translation services from a team experienced in Catholic ministry. You can find all the resources mentioned in today's episode and a summary of the episode in English and Spanish in the show notes found at pattycc.com slash 11. If you want to be part of our online community, just look for Gente Puente on Facebook and join the group. As I said, today we're going to hear from my husband, Deacon Chris Gutierrez. I'm so happy to introduce him to you, our listeners. I've mentioned a few things about him in previous episodes, but I'm really glad you'll get to hear some from him today. Chris has been working with Hispanic immigrants here in western Kentucky since 2005 when he came as a candidate with the Glen Mary Home Missioners. A year and a half later, when he discerned out of priestly formation, he began leading Hispanic ministry at a parish here in Owensboro, and after eight years there, became the diocesan director of Hispanic ministry for the Diocese of Owensboro. He was ordained a permanent deacon in September 2017. Before coming back to the U.S. in 2005, he was in seminary for the Diocese of San Juan de los Lagos in Jalisco, Mexico, for about eight years. Today, he shares about his experience celebrating the Posadas in his hometown, as well as in ministry here in the United States. He also shares how this tradition can help us to prepare our hearts for Jesus' arrival on Christmas. Now let's listen to my conversation with my husband, Chris. Welcome, Chris. I'm so glad that you were able to be on the Gente Puente podcast. Hello. Good morning. Good evening. I'm going to start us off with a little prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we come before you so grateful for all the many blessings that you have given us, especially for the gift of serving in your church. We know that we are not perfect, and so we thank you for your mercy and for choosing to work through our broken humanity. Lord Jesus, you pray that we would be one as you and the Father are one. Pour out your Spirit as we strive to be gente puente, uniting the body of Christ. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us and making your debut here on the Gente Puente podcast. I'm excited for you to share with us today about the Posadas. But first, can you tell the people listening a little about you and your background, your vocation, and what your ministry is now? Yes. Hello, everyone. Uh, thank you. Uh, my name is Deacon Chris Gutierrez, and uh, I'm really happy to be with you all uh, today. Um, I was born in Los Angeles, California, but I grew up in Mexico uh, pretty much from when I was very young, about the age of uh, four. Um, and most of my life, I've, I've lived in Mexico and central Mexico in the state of Jalisco. And I've uh, been in the States for, uh, well, since about 2005. 
And uh, my father is from Mexico. Uh, my mother was American. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I come from come from a background that is very diverse, but I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And what do you do now? What's your ministry now? I am the uh, director of Hispanic Ministry for the Diocese of Owensboro here in Kentucky. Um, since 2014, I've been serving uh, at the diocesan level. Before that, I served for eight years at the um, at the parish that um, uh, coordinates the Hispanic Ministry in the city of Owensboro, Saints Joseph and Paul. And I should back up a little bit. Uh, I have three beautiful children, Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Isaac and Isabel, our baby girl, and um, you, my beautiful wife, Patty. <laughs> Thank you. Can you under- explain to us what Posadas is? Yes. Yeah, so the Posadas is is uh, basically a, a reenactment of Mary and Joseph, Joseph uh, uh, looking for a place to stay, uh, looking for room in the inn. Uh, when they were uh, uh, going from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Thank you. So that word posadas can mean either the place that they stay, like the inn or the hotel, or it can also be of letting people come in and stay, giving people a place to stay, right? That's correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So explain to me what the tradition of the posadas is, where it came from, the basics about what people do for posadas. Well, the, the tradition of the posadas um, uh, is um, is something that the missionaries in the 16th century uh, developed little by little when they arrived in Mexico. So, at the time of the of of the conquest, as missionary Spaniard missionaries came as well, and in a way to introduce the Christian faith to the natives uh, and Catholicism, uh, they started celebrating. Uh, uh, different masses within nine days before Christmas Eve, uh, pretty much right outside of the churches where they had an opportunity to uh, create some fellowship with the indigenous at the time, you know, and introduce little by little, uh, um, you know, who Joseph and Mary and Jesus were to the people, to the native people. So, that's the origins from the very beginning of Bolsadas. This, over the centuries, has developed more and more, and it has expanded uh, throughout Mexico primarily, but also into some other um, Central American countries and, and other parts of Latin America, but primarily Mexico. So you didn't really go into a lot of detail about what your life was like before you came back to the U.S., but you were raised in a little small farm town with no electricity in a very Catholic area of Jalisco, Mexico. And then you were in seminary for about eight years off and mm-hmm. on. And so during seminary, you've, you've told me that you were also sent out on missions to different places uh, over seasons like Advent and mm-hmm. Lent. Can you share with us what celebrating Posadas was like in Mexico, either in your hometown or in other areas? Sure. That sure. So let me, start, um, uh, let me start by the farm in which I grew up on. So El Rancho, or the farm um, where my prim- grandparents and I lived, and some of my uncles before they migrated to the U.S., uh, the name of the, of the farm is 
actually pastores, which translates as shepherds. So there's even something in the name uh, about, you know, that's linked to, to, to this celebration. Um, one of the things that we used to do, uh, you know, every night starting on the, on the 16th of December is that um, a little boy, you know, it was, sometimes it was me, it was, there was tons of boys, you know, that, 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 you know, on a different night that would dress up as Joseph. And then a little girl would dress up as Mary, you know, a little blue veil on her head, you know, uh, maybe two small albs for each one of us. And, and Joseph wore, uh, uh, something on his head that was green or yellow, you know, green and yellow are the colors for Joseph. And then, on the farm, we would actually have an actual donkey where the little girl was placed on the on the donkey's back, and we would uh, process around in front of the chapel, singing the different hymns, uh, different villancicos, which are Christmas uh, Christmas hymns, until we got to the front of the small chapel, where there, then we would start the uh, actual celebration of the posada, then. Um, moving forward, you know, uh, as a seminarian, as I was for some years, um, basically it was the same thing too. Um, we could reenact the posadas with actual, uh, children, or we could also have an image, a statue of Joseph and Mary, uh, which was held by two people, uh, a girl and a boy or a teenager boy and a girl or two adults too. And then, um, we would uh, celebrate the posada that way. In the city, in the town, it could be a little different. You know, normally uh, people block off the street so that uh, the entire, you know, roll of uh, houses, you know, uh, in the neighborhood can come together and celebrate. You know, you have a chosen home where that's going to be the the actual celebration of the posada. And so, yeah, so it differs a little bit from a very rural area in which you can do it. Uh, from the city or the town, you know, but basically it's the same theme. It's the same basics uh, uh, for the celebration. Thank you. So when you get to the house that's going to host the posada, what happens? So when you get to the to a house, what you do is that uh, normally the group splits in two. Uh, people are asked, are given some um, some papers from where to read from. Many of us already know the the song, the hymn by by heart. And the group splits in two. The half of the group that stays outside of a home, they hold uh, candles. Uh, and then Mary and Joseph are outside. So normally the, the, the owners of the house are inside the house and half of the crowd goes inside with them and we close the door or we close the curtain and then that's when the singing starts back and forth. We will link to the text of the traditional song, and it has a translation on there, so you can see it in English and Spanish. But can you explain to us the general message of this traditional song that is sung yes. at the door? So the general message of the song or the hymn that's sung at the door is basically a back and forth about Joseph and Mary asking to be allowed to come in, to spend the night, to stay in there. So it goes back and forth. You know, this is my wife, Mary. She's the queen of heaven. She's going to be the mother of, of, of the divine savior. And then the inside says, you know, you can already go away. Do not bother because, you know, I, I get upset. So there's basically a dialogue. This song has a dialogue of back and forth. The symbolism 
the symbolism behind a dialogue is, will this household allow Jesus in? The even deeper meaning in the symbolism of, of, of this him going in, the theological meaning too could be, will I allow Jesus to come and reign in my heart this Christmas? So the Posada is wants to be that reminder or that shake up to the soul, to the core of every Christian, of every, every Catholic of thinking, well, am I going to let Jesus in my heart? Yeah. Now let's move to once you started ministry in the United States, like you said, back in 2000. Well, actually, you came to the U.S. in 2005 with Glenn Mary. Is that right? That's correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So even since then, you were already living in Hispanic communities and celebrating traditions with them. And then in ministry in a parish in 2007, and then the past three years in the diocese. Tell us a little bit about how you have celebrated the posadas here in the parishes and as a diocesan director. Yeah, so in every parish, you know, in every every state, it could vary, vary a little bit. And these are the practicals, the steps to take, you know, in order to organize a celebration. You know, you put out a list and normally people sign up and take a, you know, take a night, you know, starting from the 16th, say, hey, I want to host a posada. Can everybody come to my house? Sure. So you make a list. And then when we get there, we do the same, same thing. Uh, Me as the organizer, you know, I would bring with me uh, a bunch of candles. Uh, I would bring me, with me a bunch of copies of the hymn, not only of the Petition of Posada, that, this particular song, but also of the Villancicos. You know, the Villancicos are the Spanish... Christmas carols. Christmas carols. There you go. Thank you. Christmas carols that are, that are sung later on in the evening inside the house, you know. But um, so as an organizer, you know, you get there uh, um, and then you split the group up. And then uh, if you have a guitar, somebody that plays a guitar, that person can stay outside, you know, um, try to split up the voices, you know, those that can sing, sing quite well, you know, you want to not have them all outside or not all inside, but split them up a little bit. And then you basically uh, start with the petition of Posada, you know, the, 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 the song, you know, and it's beautiful. It's, it's absolutely amazing because you can, you can sense that 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 going back reality of more than 2000 years you know a little bit about what joseph and mary went through you know what was it like because sometimes especially here in in the in central united states you know in the state of kentucky you know it gets it gets really cold you know not as much not as cold as other places but pretty cold different than when i was in mexico you know and i would tell people you know just imagine what joseph and mary you know were feeling what they were going through as they were uh, asking to be let in. So we want to, even though there is a few minutes, you know, of bearing with the cold, you know, and suffering with that cold, we go through with it. Um, so at the end of the hymn, basically the uh, the host lets us in, you know, okay, well, c- c- come on in, you know. Actually, the host is really happy at the end. There's kind of like a conversion of heart says, okay, yes, come in. We all come in. We all sit down. Um, and then it, it varies as to what you can do, because in some instances, um, we can pray the rosary. Um, um, in some places, you can just move on to a, a, a passage from one of the Gospels and do a small reflection. 
Um, you can also choose one of the symbols of the nativity. You know, uh, one of the one of the um, one of the parts of the nativity. For instance, one night the reflection can be on the person of Joseph. You know, uh, geared towards fathers. You know, the fathers in the family. A uh, second night can be on Mary, and it could be uh, directed to reflecting on the role of mothers. You know, in the family. Um, the star, you know, what's the meaning in the role of the star? The shepherds, what's the what's the symbolism and why were the shepherds there? Uh, the stable, you know, you know, all those different pieces, you know, have meaning and symbolism. So once we're in, you know, there could be a reflection. There could be, you know, you can make it as long as you need to or want to or what pe- people would like to do. And then after that, it's celebration. You know, you we go into the Christmas carols and uh, the drinking of the hot chocolate and the, you know, the buñuelos and the candy and the piñatas outside and, and all the rest of the celebration. We'll continue with my interview with Chris in a moment, but I want to share a little more about how my company, Patty's Catholic Corner, can be a resource for your ministry. We are a team of experienced pastoral ministers who understand what it's like to wear many hats and not have a team big enough to do all that you want to do in ministry. We want to help you focus on your ministry by taking care of your Spanish translations. Since we have years of experience both in Catholic ministry and Catholic translations, you'll never have to worry about whether your translation is true to its Catholic message. We know church lingo and we have a heart for reaching Hispanic Catholics. To get a quote, head over to pattycc.com today. Now, let's continue with my conversation with Chris. Something that I know the community here in Owensboro really appreciated is that you would make an extra effort to help them get there. So since in Mexico, many places do this as a neighborhood, and then you just walk house to house, and like you say, the weather cooperates a little more than here in Kentucky. But here, especially in Owensboro, that's a pretty big city, and the Hispanic community is spread out all over, uh, you would actually pick up the church bus and drive around to the Hispanic neighborhoods to pick up people, or people would follow you in their cars to get to the address where it was going to be held that night. And I know that really helped increase participation because people are kind of nervous. They don't know how to get there or they're nervous about driving there. And so it really helped to use the bus. I know we will also put a link in the show notes to the booklet that you used to use, the one that you really liked with the reflections for each night and some other ideas of things, topics for reflections. And we'll put a picture or a few pictures of the simple costume. So you would carry with you an alb and something to make the veil for Mary and basic uh, cloth so that any kid who was ready to be Mary or Joseph could dress up. It's not a complicated thing. So I'll put some pictures so people yeah, can see yeah. what we used to do here. Um, why do you think that it's important for parishes or parish ministers to continue this tradition or to encourage it? What I found is that it's so, so important to, um, you know, continue this tradition, you know, and allow for and make space and, and encourage Latinos to celebrate because especially when the culture is so much about buying and consumption, you know, and presents only and Santa Claus and all sorts of things about just buying and buying and buying. Um, we want to keep the focus really on, you know, the actual birthday of the one that we're celebrating, which is Jesus Christ, you know, the birth of Jesus. So to keep it grounded and on Christmas, I think it's, it's crucial. It's very, very important. And it, it's, it's, 
It's an amazing tool of evangelization with the community and keeping uh, Christmas, you know, you know, to what it really is, you know, that meditation and celebration of the birth of Jesus. It's countercultural. It's countercultural. It's so importantly countercultural and something that we need to um, uh, safeguard and, and promote, promote fellowship, you know, building of trust, especially with the immigrant community. You know, it's a very relaxed atmosphere where there is food, laughter, candy, you know, uh, sharing, you know, it's, it's, it's in the periphery as well. Something that the Holy Father is challenging us to do, you know, go outside. That's why, you know, celebrating this in a different home, you know, answers to that challenge of the periphery. So, um, yeah, there's several reasons of, of why I would say it continues to be so important, especially in our time, you know, um, and in a, it's such an amazing tool of evangelization. Do you have any stories particularly or ways that you saw that celebrating the Posadas helped in your parish ministry? Yes, definitely. So, you know, especially in different towns and cities here in the U.S. or speaking for our own diocese here, but I'm sure it, it it's probably a reality in other places, is that we don't know always who who, who are the newcomers who, who, who has just arrived from Latin America, you know. But word does get around with different families, different Latino families that they know of different of another family or, or, or individual who has just arrived from Mexico, Guatemala or any other country that when they when they heard of the posadas and the fact of us going out onto the streets, you know, meeting in a different home for this celebration, when somebody, um, you know, came to one of those celebrations that was invited by the family or anyone else because word gets around fast, you know, then they would know where the church was, you know, because on the 24th on the, uh, on, on Christmas Eve, that very last posada, you know, uh, normally in, 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 in our place here in our, in our uh, church, what we would do is, is hold the last posada at the actual church or the parish hall, uh, of the church. So that was one way of introducing the actual parish, the physical building to new folks coming. So, that was very successful in that way, you know, just going out. And then one, that's in one way of bringing people towards the church as well. Thank you. Also, now as diocesan director, I know that you have continued the tradition of holding a posada for Hispanic ministers. Can you share a little bit about what you do and how you think it has helped to continue that? Yes. So, yeah, in the, in the last uh, few years, we... Um, uh, Hispanic ministers, and that is uh, basically hired uh, staff for Hispanic ministry in various parishes across the diocese. Um, we come together, and normally we we get together, uh, you know, on the uh, right after the celebration of Guadalupe. There's a little bit of space there, the 13th, 14th, and 15th. You know, you got three days right before you jump into the posadas. So normally, um, you know, on the 14th or the 15th, you know, we get together um, and uh, we uh, choose one of the parishes where one of the Hispanic ministers or staff person where they do ministry. And um, what we do is that um, we say, okay, the sisters are going to bring um, the piñata uh, and then I'm going to be in charge of the the hot cocoa, and then somebody else is going to make some tamales, and then I'm going to be in charge of the, bringing copies of the hymn of the posada or the Christmas Christmas carols. 
And uh, so once we're there, you know, one of us, you know, kind of dresses up like Joseph, you know, and, and one of the sisters or one of the one of the women, you know, ministers, you know, as Mary, you know, and then we do the same thing, the same thing that we're about to get to we're about to get ready to do uh, on the 16th with our communities you know, starting in each one of our parishes and cities and towns. Um, that's one thing that we do. So, yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And I, I just love it that we can do that. So I highly recommend that uh, uh, people and staff, you know, if you're involved in Hispanic ministry and you have close by colleagues in different parishes or the diocese, um, if you can come together first to meditate on the festivity, on the uh, tradition, do that. And then you can... Uh, uh, start with the community, go, go on with the community. I should mention that you gather us, and this has been going on for a while, but you made it every three months that we always get together, all the Hispanic ministers. So it can be priests that work with Hispanics mm-hmm. in the parishes, or like you say, sisters or lay yes. people, or even the main volunteer of that parish can join. And we get together four times a year for planning, for um, pastoral de conjunto, like working together across the parishes on bigger events that we all participate in. And so we already have a sense of uh, working together. But then I've noticed that celebrating the posadas, like you said earlier, it's a low key uh, laid back atmosphere and spiritual reflection, of course. And with the fun afterwards, it always creates a sense of community that helps us throughout the rest of the year because we have that camaraderie. So that's really been helpful. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a very important way to, reconnect amongst ourselves and and bring about encouragement encouragement for one another um some of us you know are just starting you know you know in hispanic ministry so uh, i really want to make sure that everybody's feeling comfortable you know as they go about in their own parishes and that they allow themselves to be vulnerable with the community to celebrate to laugh to to sing to cry with you know to meditate you know, on Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus, you know. So, yeah, it's first a good opportunity for us coming together and encouraging one another, you know. Thank you. Also, lastly, about the Posadas, uh, not everybody knows how to sing the song Posadas. And so we will put some links to YouTube of people, different uh, groups that have sung it. But also you are going to sing for us, right? Yeah, I love singing this (laughs) hymn. So at the end of the podcast, we will have that as our closing song, the Posada song. In case you're not sure how the song goes, you will find out at the end. We're going to move, though, to close up the interview with some comments about ministry in general. So you've been in ministry for a long time here in the U.S. for many years, but also back home in seminary and being sent out on mission. I want to ask you to share something that you've learned out of ministry, um, about leading ministry, about how to balance ministry with your other aspects of your life or doing ministry well. Yeah, thank you. So well, one of the things that I've learned that uh, that has you know become very fruitful in ministry in general is that when we allow and when we facilitate and we learn from the different traditions and the popular devotion of our people from Latin America, our Latinos, um, and we, you know, the leaders, the staff, or the Hispanic ministers facilitate that, um, um, the overall ministry in the parish flourishes. You know, it's very successful because people feel respected. People 
you know, our brothers and sisters, you know, Latinos here in the U.S. feel uh, taken into account that they don't have to bury and hide, you know, those traditions, you know, so, so well ingrained traditions that have marked their faith lives for their entire life, you know, just like these traditions have marked my life. So um, I, I would I would suggest that that I would encourage everyone to to not be afraid of encouraging the continuation of these traditions, you know, um, uh, because the more that we facilitate that, the, the, the more success and the more involvement we'll have in, in, in other ministries and even mass attendance, you know, and people coming and particip- feeling part of a family, you know. Um, the other thing I would say is that, uh, you know, our Latino communities are very diverse, you know. Not everybody's from Mexico, you know, not everybody is from a particular country, you know, and learning from different traditions and different devotions, uh, uh, even at this time of Christmas, you know, right before, you know, it's so beautiful because it it becomes very inclusive, you know, in its diversity, which enriches all of us, you know, as Latinos. And it can uh, enrich the rest of the parish, you know. It, it, um, mm-hmm. There are so many uh, uh, brothers and sisters from the uh, uh, Americans, you know, uh, or Caucasian Catholics that who have been part of these celebrations whose lives have been transformed, you know, because they've been invited to be part of it, you know, and um, to learn from it and to enjoy of it. And, and that just has an impact in their lives. Thank you. Could you end with some words of encouragement for the people listening? Maybe they are in ministry, but they're feeling overwhelmed or frustrated or going through a difficult time. Can you give them some encouragement? Yes, yes. Um, at the beginning, when we start in ministry, it's it's not easy. Um, you might feel alone. <laughs> you might feel discouraged at times because of the many factors and in challenges, but I would, um, um, I, I, I want to inject hope in, in every one of us. I want us to know and want you to know that, um, the, that things get better uh, the more we lean on the community to help us through the difficulties. You know, allowing ourselves to be vulnerable in ministry, you know, you know, you know, that's the whole thing about intimacy, you know, into me see, you know, it's okay, you know, for uh, each one of us in ministry to not feel that we're perfect, that we've got it all together, that we have to, you know, uh, you know, be perfect leaders. Um, if we allow ourselves to uh, walk with the Latino community, they will grab our hand and they will help us through the difficulties. Uh, don't be afraid if your English is your. I mean, your yeah. If your English is not perfect, <laughs> yes. If your if your Spanish is not perfect, um, don't worry. Um, I've often told people, you know, just come, smile, enjoy yourself. You know, uh, make allow yourself to be vulnerable to learning, to being to being open. You know, and uh, Latinos are very forgiving about that. It's not about language; it's about presence. It's about showing up. It's about, you know, sitting at the table and eating, you know, um, sharing, you know, a broken conversation in Spanglish. It doesn't matter. You know, it's a lot of fun, actually. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid of showing up, of coming, you know, and, 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 and always trying to do different things and to cherish and promote, the, you know, the uh, different traditions and popular devotions of Latinos.
Thank you. Can you close us with a prayer for those that serve the church? Yes. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you so much for the gift of allowing us to minister uh, to, uh, but also being, being ministered at, you know, with our brothers and sisters from Latin America, uh, the gift of them present in our lives. Uh, thank you for, their, for the gift of their devotion, of their spirituality, and um, that is shared with us in our parishes. Uh, thank you, Lord, for allowing us to walk with them, to walk with brothers and sisters that can teach us so much and uh, can especially keep us grounded in the mysteries of the incarnation at this time. Uh, thank you for the many blessings and thank you for um, all that you give us, you know, all that you provide for us. And we ask you to be with those, especially that at this time of the year, um, are suffering loneliness, are suffering uh, homelessness, are suffering from not feeling loved, that we may be people that go to them, go into the peripheries of our cities and towns, not only in search of the immigrant, but also of those who are hurt, those who are in most need of your presence, of you, Jesus, being born in their hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for taking your time today to share from your experience. You're welcome. Yeah, this is great. Thank you, honey. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Wasn't he great? Okay, I'm a little biased, but I hope you enjoyed hearing about his experiences too. Here are some of the key takeaways, along with some of my experiences and suggested resources. Number one, the tradition of posadas brought to Mexico by Spanish missionaries in the 16th century continues to be a great way to prepare ourselves for Christmas. Here in the United States, it's also a great community building activity. At St. Michael's, where I used to work, I saw that our Hispanic community grew closer and closer as we celebrated the Guadalupe Novena I talked about in the last episode and the nine days of posadas. Since immigrants have come from all different countries and cultures, traditions like this one help build a united faith community. It's also a fun activity to involve non-Hispanics in to help get to know the local Hispanic community. Number two, there are lots of great resources out there to help you celebrate the posadas. Remember, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. I've included lots of them in the show notes. There's a little booklet that Chris recommends that gives a reflection for each day based on a different character like Mary, Joseph, shepherds, etc. It also includes an explanation in English at the beginning about how to celebrate the posadas, but the reflections themselves are in Spanish. So if you're looking for a bilingual booklet, I would recommend a program by OCP called Las Posadas that has bilingual prayer services with reflections and songs with guitar chords all in one book. Besides the book, you can also buy a CD or MP3 of the music, or you can get the book in an ebook format. I've also included links to some of the files that I've created for handouts and my YouTube playlist of Viancicos or Christmas carols. Number three, it doesn't have to be complicated. The main thing is to gather together, remember what Mary and Joseph went through, reflect and pray and build community. 
In the show notes are some photos of the simple costumes we used to use each night to dress up Mary and Joseph. If you have a lot of children who get excited about dressing up, you could also have some shepherds and angels accompany them. If you want information about celebrating the posadas in a school setting, check out episode 2 where Susana Solorza shared what she's done. I've also included some links to statues of Mary and Joseph that you could use as your pilgrim images during the posadas. At St. Michael's, we would leave the statues in each home overnight and the family would bring them to the next posada or we would walk in procession with them if the weather wasn't too bad. Number four, don't forget to include traditions from the countries where your parishioners are from. Chris and I speak from our own perspectives. His living in Mexico and mine from ministry mainly with Mexican and Guatemalan immigrants. In the Christmas carols, for example, our Guatemalan parishioners always loved hearing the marimba songs. And then all the kids loved finishing up with Feliz Navidad because they could all chime in during the English parts. But there are many aspects that can be adapted depending on people's traditions. For example, there's a video in the show notes that shows a tradition in Guatemala for each house or neighborhood to create sort of a mini float to carry in the local posada. And then during the last posada, they bring them all in procession into the church. Number five, don't be afraid. If you don't know Spanish or you've never participated in something like posadas before, give it a try. Maybe you can find a group nearby that celebrates them to see what it's like and then give it a try in your parish or school or diocese. It's a perfect celebration to accompany our spiritual preparation for Christmas during Advent. I hope this interview also encouraged you to get involved in posadas in your area or start them in your parish or diocesan ministry. If you aren't sure how to sing the posada song, there are a couple of videos linked in the show notes, or you can stay tuned at the end of the podcast to hear Chris sing it a cappella with his tambourine. You can also find links to all the resources mentioned in this episode and probably a few others at pattycc.com slash 11. In the next episode, we'll continue talking about Hispanic Latino traditions in December. If you'd like to be interviewed for an upcoming episode, you can find more information at pattycc.com slash gentepuente. You don't have to be an expert. You can simply share from your experience something concrete that other Hispanic ministers can use in their ministries. We don't want to waste our time reinventing the wheel. Let's help each other. Or if you prefer, you can share through our Facebook group. There, we would love to hear how you celebrate in your community during the month of December and also see your photos of these beautiful traditions. You can find us at facebook.com slash groups slash Gente Puente or simply look for Gente Puente on Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast Gente Puente on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app so you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening today. May God bless you and your ministry as Gente Puente. En el nombre del cielo, os pido posada, pues no puede andar mi esposa amada. Aquí no es mesón, sigan adelante. Yo no puedo abrir. 
no sé algún tunante, no sé si humano tenos caridad, que el Rey de los cielos te lo premiará. Ya se pueden ir y no molestar, porque si me enfado, os voy a palear. Venimos rendidos desde Nazaret, yo soy carpintero de nombre José. No me importa el nombre, déjenme dormir, porque ya les digo que no hemos de abrir. Posada te pide, amado casero, por solo una noche, la reina del cielo. Pues si es una reina quien lo solicita, ¿cómo es que de noche anda tan solita? Mi esposa es María, es reina del cielo, y madre va a ser del divino verbo. Eres tú, José, tu esposa es María. Entren peregrinos, no los conocía. Dios pague, señores, vuestra caridad, y que os colme el cielo de felicidad. Dichos a la casa que alberga este día, a la Virgen pura, la hermosa María. Entren santos peregrinos, peregrinos, reciban este rincón. Aunque es pobre la morada, la morada, os la doy de corazón. Cantemos con alegría, alegría, todos al considerar que Jesús, José y María, y María, 
nos vinieron a hoy a honrar.